gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. We thank you for all the support of the podcast recently. We thank all our sponsors as well. Uh, it's been a, a nice run. I thought last week Lamont McGee was really, really fun. Um, I can't wait to have him on again when he works on... Uh, Green Lantern on HBO Max. That's going to be very, very cool. Uh, one, one programming note uh, this weekend, if you're listening to this podcast this week, uh, Fan Expo, formerly uh, Wizard World, uh, is doing their Philadelphia Comic Con. And uh, we're actually going to go down there and record a bunch of episodes for the podcast. Uh, got some really special guests planned. Uh, for the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you hit the subscribe and then you get the podcast delivered right to you, however you uh, digest your podcast. Uh, today is a spoiler show. If you know anything about the podcast, we know uh, you've been warned. You pressed play voluntarily. Nobody forced you to listen to this. So you either saw the movie Morbius or you don't give a crap and you're not going to see the movie and you don't mind uh, giving away massive plot points. But we are talking about the latest Entry into the uh, Sony Spider-Verse thing that they're doing, where they're using villains as protagonists. Uh, first was Venom, then the Venom Carnage movie, and now this. This is uh, Morbius. For full disclosure, I'm not really a big Marvel Comics comic book early years reader. Uh, I have seen virtually... Every Marvel animated series known to exist. And I've seen every, obviously, every movie. So I'm a pretty decent Marvel person. My introduction to Michael Morbius is from the John Semper, Christopher Daniel Barnes 90s Spider Man the Animated Series. This is the intro to Morbius that I know. It's like three minutes long, but I put it together from the episode entitled Morbius on Spider-Man the Animated Series. I am Michael Morbius. Charmed. Maybe we can have dinner tonight. Felicia is having dinner with me tonight. Oh. Ciao, Parker. Yeah, ciao. What are you up to, Peter Parker? Amazing. Personal science log entry 814. According to computer analysis, Parker's sample of engineer DNA might give a person tremendous power. This brilliant work will win Parker the job as Connor's research assistant unless I figure out how he did this. Nothing must stop me from beating him. Michael! You were expecting maybe Bela Lugosi? But why go to all the trouble to set this up? It was no trouble. I 
Borrowed? Uh, you mean pilfered. Borrowed. The equipment from Dr. Connor's lab. I will return it by the time he's back. And the school is kind enough to supply the power. Without their knowledge, of course. Doesn't that make you feel just a little guilty? Not at all. This school will benefit if we get the grant money. Wouldn't it be easier to work in the school's lab? Why all this secrecy, Michael? Because in America, those who succeed must have an edge. I didn't realize winning that research job was so important to you. You are wealthy. You do not know the poverty, the suffering I have seen. My village was a beautiful place before the appearance of a mysterious virus. Now it is being destroyed. It has no one of wealth, no one of privilege to rescue it. I promised my countrymen that I would learn in America and be a success. Then, one day, I would return with a cure. I cannot fail them. Personal science log, entry 827. Getting nowhere. All my attempts to trace the origin of this DNA have proven negative. I have got to know how Parker created it. I will expose the last of this mutated plasma sample to the neogenic process to disassemble its components. It is a dangerous step. But there is so little time. I am now activating the neogenic recombinator, and I'm going to attempt to mathematically analyze the mutations that occur in the genetic structure of the blood. These numbers, they make no sense. What is causing that? No! No! Get out of there! Personal science log. The bite from the bat somehow made me feel stronger. I feel energy surging through me. I can hear every heartbeat around me. And I can defy gravity. <laughs> Incredible. No! My face, skin, translucent, vasal structure distorted. Hey. I've got to reverse this. There is something else. I feel a hunger. Uh, to join us here for this particular episode, um, a guy I've known for a long, long time. I know him from sports radio. He's a sports radio megastar down in South Florida. And uh, he is also, he had to keep it very on the low key. You know, when he was a big radio star, he couldn't tell anybody that he watched these kinds of movies. But now he's willing to come out and be proud uh, Brian, the beast London is here, Brian. Thanks so much. I would have thought I'd get you on sports with friends, never hall of justice. This is fantastic. You know, the, when, when we're doing sports, Seth, right. We get pigeonholed, right. uh, you know, we're supposed to like all just all the balls and the pucks and all that stuff. And we're not supposed to have lives outside of that, but lo and behold. Yeah. I like the movies and I love anything that has to do with Marvel because I've got a kid yep. and my kid is Marvel obsessed, which means his dad had to become Marvel obsessed. Oh, and okay. Here, and here we are. When I saw Morbius, there was one other person in the theater. Uh, when I saw it, I, it was, um, it was a Monday afternoon, the week that, you know, this podcast comes out. I saw it. Uh, so four days after the opening, um, I know it's already made its, its money, but there was literally nobody in the theater. There was one guy. He was sitting in the fourth row. I'd never understood that, but I didn't want to go up to him. I just, you know, I kind of sat by myself and I took copious notes because when you're in a crowded theater, taking notes is a hard thing. 
because you don't want to be the the, the jerk in the in the theater to, you know to put type in on his phone the whole time but this movie i had no problem this was like i saw it at home just it wasn't at my home um what was your experience was you went like, opening night right yeah we went opening night um my you know this is yeah my son is uh 14 and ever since um i would say i would say age of ultron with the uh, avengers he has gone on a deep dive into marvel to the point where he's almost like an encyclopedia of marvel at this point i mean he can start he doesn't read the comics although he has a bunch of them uh as for for posterity's sake but he can tell you who did what and who drew what and who was responsible for what idea so because of that I mean, every Marvel movie, every Marvel show, uh, you know, he was up at uh, three o'clock this morning, Eastern time, waiting for Moon Knight, the next episode to come out. He's in. So next episode, we need a reviewer. We're getting him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's much better. He's much more qualified than you. That's essentially what you said. So we had our tickets for Morbius uh, a month ahead of time for opening night. And uh, we, we we went and there was actually it was a decent crowd. It wasn't full. But down here in South Florida, there was, you know, the, the theater, I would say, was three quarters full okay. for Morbius. Um, and um, yeah, so and there was there was some excitement despite the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes pan of the movie. It got, so, it got eviscerated by Rotten Tomatoes. I, you know, I'll go into anything with an open mind. Um, what I have trouble with in this film is really the same thing I had trouble with in the Venom movies is, you know, Morbius without Spider-Man is pointless. You know, it, it, there's no there's no protagonist. And by creating a D-level villain, you know, his friend, you know, gets the Morbius powers too. that, you know, there is some comic book history in there, but not a very well read one. It's just like literally forcing it. And they're saying, well, we don't want to complicate the universe by having, you know, Spider-Man in there because Spider-Man would usurp Morbius. But when you think about any good uh, heroic film, there needs to be a very deep, interesting antagonist. And Morbius as an antagonist is not awful. That's the not awful part about it. But to make him, oh, he feels bad about sucking the blood out of people. Okay, I'm glad you feel bad, but you're not a hero, and neither was Venom. And so, that's where this is. This is Sony just saying we have these toys, so let's play with them. There's a couple of things to get into there. One, um, just to start off, I went into the movie literally. Uh, we were driving to the movie theater, and I kept saying, Zach. This is going to be terrible. This will be horrible. This will be the worst Marvel movie I've ever seen. I can't believe you're dragging me to this. So those were the expectations I went into with it, right? Very low. Um, and it turned out that I, it, at least for me, um, it went beyond horrible. So that's good, right? That's a good thing. It wasn't a horrible movie in my mind. The other thing is we have this issue here where we've got Sony doing Spider-Man and, there, and that part of Marvel on one side, but then we've got the MCU on the other side and this relationship and who can borrow from what and who can do what, and that makes everything complicated. And then we have another whole layer to this, which is the stupid multiverse, which I understand and I get it. It makes for great stories, 
but really it makes me think that Stan Lee and everybody at Marvel was just tripping on a bunch of drugs when they came up with this idea for a multiverse because it just gave them a way to just do all this stuff with characters and reinvent things. And well, but hold on, hold on. But Stan Lee had a comic book that he had to come out with every month. Right. No, I I get that. But think about soap operas like there's been Bizarro General Hospital. You know what I mean? Like that that's been going on since time immemorial. No, no, I understand that. I I get it. But I I think what I get to when it comes to Morbius and I've read so much stuff about it, but I think what we're leaning towards, maybe. And this is if they do it right. Sony does is a separate universe with a separate Spider-Man different from Tom Holland. Well, the rumor is, is that Andrew Garfield? Right. The 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 rumor rumor is that this is Andrew Garfield's universe, that Venom and and Morbius play in in a a, a universe where a Spider-Man exists and that eventually that's that that's what they do. But again, this is where Andrew Garfield gets so underserved because when he was Spider-Man, you had such crappy Venom villain stories uh, like bring bring Morbius in there, like do, do it then, not as a separate movie. And, and so, you know, what Venom left such a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't understand. People loved that movie. I love Venom. Right. OK. What I think it, it happened was the people who love Venom never read Venom or saw the animated series. The animated series in the 90s did the best Venom. I mean, there's no secret about that because the story of Venom is Peter Parker gets this alien symbiote. He gets this black costume and then things go haywire. He has to get rid of the costume and the costume finds Eddie Brock. Not Eddie Brock accidentally finds a a symbiote. You take the Peter out of it. There's nothing there. There's no substance there. I just want to see a good movie. And does it make sense within the universe that it's being created? And I think the big problem that Sony has is they don't have a guy like Kevin Feige that is so uber into all of the comics and all the backstories and everything and can really tie everything together like he does in the MCU and it all fits. Whereas Sony, it's just, let's just throw crap against the wall and see what happens. And if we can make it relate to each other down the road, we will. Did you hear any of the stories about Jared Leto and what kind of a dick he was he was on the set? Does, does that play into this at all? The, the rumor is, is that um, it, to get in character, he uh, required that he walk with crutches, even when the cameras weren't rolling and he had to be wheeled to the bathroom. So, like, he slowed up production because he was just an absolute asshole. Well, and and. I, I, you know. I, I'm not at one of those gossip monger. I don't read the, you know, the, the entertainment news and I don't watch those shows and extra, extra. I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. But Jared Leto is a punk and I, I'd like to punch him in his in his vampire mouth. Um, wasn't he in uh, my so-called life? He was. And, he, and was. he was a jerk my, in that, too. He, he was my wife has, still has a crush on him from that. By oh, way. I bet. I bet. Uh, every and time he was Jared awful Leto. as the Joker. It, it just he's a he's a punk. Going into that, that also, you know, went into my mind going into this film. When I see him at at first, he's never likable. He's actually a pretty good singer for, uh, what is it, 30 Seconds to Mars or whatever his uh, (laughs) his band is. Uh, But but I think he's a decent actor. I think he's done some good stuff. Um, And I actually think he played this role pretty well. Whether he was a dick on the set or not is really not 
Like th those are things like I don't care about. It's what does the end product look like? And I thought he pulled off uh, Morbius pretty well, you, you know, and I don't think the script was good. And I don't think a lot of the CGI was good. There was a lot of things that were not good about the movie, but I think he did a decent job with the character as to whether that is this character stayed true to the, to the comic books or not. I don't know. But I think Jared Leto did a, a pretty decent job for what he was given as source material. All right, let's get into the actual uh, film. And uh, like I said, I, I, I took some some funky notes here. I didn't um, take one note because I didn't know uh, I was going I to do this, but it's okay. You did not know you were going to do this. <laughs> um, um, it's like the, uh, the, when, when the, you know, the old Seinfeld joke, the involuntary luge. Yes. And they say that would be a sport like just, hey, hey, you go down the mountain, go down the mountain. I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, so if you're not a comic book fan and, you know, I again, I wasn't a massive Marvel comic fan growing up. I was more a DC person. The idea that I only know the Morbius story from the animated series. Blade would have been awesome. Spider-Man would have been awesome. Like you don't need to create this this B-level uh, antagonist. Give me the, the give me something and have a blade cameo or some something like that to make this movie super cool. But it opens. Ex There's no backstory for Michael Morbius, the character. Take Jared Leto out. There's no part of him. It, you know, they go into the flashback, but when the movie opens, it goes into exactly like, all right, no bullshit. Here's the guy. This is what he's into. He's into bats and he's going for bats. And what I'm wondering is, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, is do you take five minutes and find him as an adult before the flashback, before you see his upbringing? Give me something to make me want to root for him. You bring up a good point. Although, I, you know, I think they did do a good job with establishing the relationship between him and Milo uh, at the hospital, uh, you know, when they that's were the flashback, up. right? That's yeah, after that's he and, and, gets and, the I, and I get that. And I, and I understand you're talking about timing and where that happens and all of that stuff. And so I get you. I, you know what? I Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the movie was directed and produced properly um, in order. Um, and so I listen, I think um could they have done it a different way and, and given you a little more backstory and Morbius? Yes. Um, but I honestly did not mind the opening scene. It, it, it pulled me into the movie. And I think that's what it meant was meant to do. Again, remember, Seth, I go into this believing that this is going to be literally the worst movie <laughs> that I've seen that has anything to do with Marvel. So those are my expectations. Um, during the flashback scene, uh, they talk about wanting to send him to a school in New York for the gifted. Right. That's the X-Men. And, yes. and that was cool. I like, I like that. If, if you as Sony do not have the rights to the X-Men, just referencing them was really nice. I, that I like that. That was immediate. Like, Oh, okay. So that's the world we're in. And immediately. So, so now my brain has left the, the plot. And it's gone to, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if they could introduce like Storm? Like, like the, right. that'd be awesome right around here. Uh, you know, so I saw that. Um, they beat on a sick kid. The yeah. bullies beat on a sick kid. Yep, that happens. 
I, I mean, if you're a sick kid, what animals would beat on a kid in, with crutches? Like, I, he, he's bullied by the, the guys because he's different and weird. How about different and weird as guys with earrings and blue hair? Like, not crutches. Like, I don't know. I, I just it gave me such a queasy feeling to think that kids, I don't care how tough kids are, who's beating on kids with crutches? Uh, evidently the kids in this movie and I, but I think it does, <laughs> it does, it, right, it does fuel some future action, right? It, it, it puts in uh, some angst that, that comes. He uh, wants to be around. stronger, right? He right, wants exactly, to be, yeah. Uh, and the needles, uh, that has to be CGI, right? That had to be. Yeah, of course. It has to be like there's no they're not putting the, that giant epidural into this this kid's back. Uh, it was ugh, ugh. Um, the cops. The cops were uh, uh, funny how they never get beat on and they never get killed. Everyone around them is getting killed except those two cops. Right. Correct. Um, I like that they referenced that thing in San Francisco. Again, that's yep. Venom. The Venom. Yep. Right. That uh, I like yep. that. Um, you know, there's a there's another line after he gets his big transformation where uh, Morbius says, you don't want to see we you don't want to see me when I'm hungry. That, I thought that was an homage to the Incredible Hulk TV show, you know, the Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grew up loving it. Yeah. I thought that, um, you know, when when he is arrested, when Morbius is arrested, this is where Spider-Man needs to make an appearance. Like you need to have some kind of restore of normalcy when he gets arrested. The idea that he gets arrested um, with his power the way it is doesn't make sense. You need something formidable to arrest him. That's where Spider-Man, that's what I had in my notes. Uh, Spider-Man belongs. Um, he says, oh, when they're on the bus or it's a bus, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a bus. Where was it? The subway. Was it a bus or the subway? I don't remember. I'm trying to think of the scene. Anyway, they're reading the newspaper and it's the Daily Bugle. Yeah, no, I mean, there was a couple of Daily Bugle references. And, uh, you know, actually, uh, from what I read, there was supposed to be more references to Spider-Man in the movie that were edited out. Why? I, I Yeah, I don't know either. It, you know, that's that. Uh, I mean, like reference him. If you're going to do it like that, do it. Do it like you're doing with the X-Men. Like, right. Like nobody's sitting here going. Oh, wow. They referenced the X-Men. I wonder if it's Patrick Stewart. You know, I, I wonder if it's Hugh Jackman. You're not wondering that. Like, like, just give me that, 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 that guess. So that, you know, idiots on social media, and I shouldn't say idiots cause I'm just the idiot, but right. You know, people on social media could say, I think it's Andrew Garfield. I think it's Tom Holland. I think it's Miles Morales from the into the spider verse, you know, like all these possibilities of who Spider-Man could be somebody needs to be there and in costume would be amazing. He never has to take the, the, the thing off. This has been my argument about uh, a lot of shows and movies. I, I say this about Supergirl all the time. You know, I don't think having Superman in the screen in, in the scene takes away from Supergirl. Like Supergirl is a hero and she's a great hero, but Every good Superman, uh, Supergirl story has Superman in it. So have him there. Don't pretend he doesn't exist. Ha have him there. Well, it's the same kind of thing. In, in Venom, in, in Morbius, 
the focal point could be Morbius and Venom, but have the guy in the world. Yeah, but do, do you think that because of the success of the Tom, Tom Holland Spider-Man, especially of No Way Home, that they just felt that Spider-Man was so larger than life right now that to put him in this movie, which obviously is not living up to the MCU threshold, uh, would just completely overshadow anything they were trying to do. At this point, knowing that this movie came out, you know, whatever it is, six months or however long it was after No Way Home, and people are still, I mean, my kid wants a special edition DVD. It's all over everywhere. If they put Spider-Man in this movie, uh, it would completely overshadow anything they were trying to do. Uh, I mean, that's what I think. I mean, uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know that I buy that. You know, first of all, you were supposed to release this movie two years ago. Right. So, you know, in the context of when you're releasing this movie, you you go in and again, just the the presence of him, the Supergirl show, if the Supergirl show is any kind of a reference, the first season of Supergirl, she texted Clark and I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. I was like, where is he? Like, you're facing all these villains, like, help. And in the season two, they brought him in. Tyler Hecklin got cast and he became uh, Superman. And anytime Superman, anytime the stakes got really high, Superman was part of it. And I never said, well, there's Superman. I don't care about her anymore. Well, if so the me- story is Morbius, if the story is Morbius and your star is a guy of the caliber of Jared Leto, Spider-Man's presence should not take away from the main idea. And all it does is enhance that story. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. But I think, you know, in music, right, I'm a musician and we talk about resolving things, right? There's a chord Mm -hmm. progression and we resolve them. So the same thing in movies, like if we get to a few years down the road and there's a movie with the top with uh, with Andrew Garfield and uh, with and Morbius Leto, and, 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 and Tom Morbius. Hardy and, and Jared Leto are in it. And it, it. Doesn't it resolve itself? Then you're like, OK, they made up for it all went to a place. They had to introduce Morbius, they introduced Venom. And now here we are where we're all together. I think it would resolve itself and that I would look back on these movies differently than I am as just standalone pieces. And I, and I hope that's what they do. I well, mean, that's I, fair. I, look, that's fair. You know that you know you're you're opening up the 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 uh, the, the post credit scenes. Right now, these two post credit scenes, um, one of them, um, Michael Keaton's Vulture is brought in from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, and then I guess it's it's weeks later he gets freed, and now he's back being the Vulture, and he wants to set up a team. But he's from, but he's and he's, but he's obviously he's in a different universe now. But now right. he's in right. He's right. in this Morbius universe. Well, yeah, They're calling like, it the Sony verse, which I think is funny. Yeah, but like so, but like so, if you're going in continuity, because our heads were exploding after this, right. because he comes in uh, into this universe, at, you know, because there's the multiverse, and he's in a different universe, and it's like, wait a minute, none of this is making sense in a continuity sake if it's playing off of. Uh, the MCU or anything else, right? It's not making sense from a continuity standpoint. It's like, hey, we just have to find a way to get the vulture in here. So we'll just make him pop in through the the multiverse and here he is. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, it was kind of- Then he, when he talks to Morbius, 
he uh, he references Spider Man, and Morbius right. is just like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like Morbius doesn't but, even know. But who that's he is. the whole point. Like, right. so so if on that subway bus, whatever whatever it was, I can't believe I didn't write that down. But whatever whatever he's he's doing, just having Spider Man in the scene teases your Sinister Six. It gives you your Sinister Six, six. and even so. If you're going to do a Sinister Six movie and have Spider-Man in it, you have to establish who that is. I, see, that's when you have to do Andrew Garfield's backstory of after Andrew Garfield gets back from the Marvel Universe and he gets back to his own universe and he's at peace now with Gwen and he saved, you know, the other girl. So, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a better Spider-Man now, and blah, 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 blah. You have to do all that now, but you don't have to do that in a Morbius movie. You know, it's it's like the criticism I had of the uh, Boba Fett show. You know, oh. the Boba Fett show was all disjointed, right? And the idea was you wanted to bring in the Mandalorian to help. He, right. you, you needed the Mandalorian's help. Why did you need to have an episode and a half of Mandalorian's backstory? That, that takes you out of the plot of Boba Fett. So going on the comic book idea, you can have a Batman story, right? You can have a Batman story. Batman, the Joker is going to blow up the city and Batman has to stop him. And you know who helps? Green Lantern. And Green Lantern's dealing with his own shit on his, uh, his own book, but you reference it, but he's there and Green Lantern helps. So what my argument is, Mandalorian could have showed up. You could have had the scene where Fennec finds the Mandalorian and says, Hey, uh, Boba Fett needs help. And he goes, yeah, for free. I, no, no problem. Done. And you get it and take all the Yoda shit out of that because that's not that story. Well, in this, you can have Spider-Man in it. You could. And I, and I thought back, I resaw uh, Venom. I don't have the Carnage movie, so I couldn't resee that, but I hated that movie. The, there are so many times where if Andrew Garfield's your guy, don't tell me that. Just put a guy in costume, make him CGI. So I can't figure out who it is. Don't even have him say anything if you don't want to reveal who that is, but put him in the movie because then it's a Spider-Man movie. If you don't, your references go hollow and your movie isn't compelling. And the only reason why your son wanted to see it was because of the red logo that was coming on in the beginning. Not anything about that movie. As a matter of fact, if I told your son or any Marvel fan, this isn't a Marvel movie. His name is Michael Shabatsky. <laughs> right? He, he, he's Michael Shabatsky and he's, he, and that same story. You're like, a, vi a vampire movie? I need to see another vampire movie? What is he going to meet Dracula next? You know what? You're totally right. Uh, now that you think about it, if you're not in the mindset that this is somehow uh, connected to Marvel, this movie is far worse than I thought it was. Right. Um, and, and, and that probably is the point about the quality of movie that it was. But I think because we are so caught up in Marvel and the MCU and still trying to make make way of what the Sony relationship is here. Um, I think that has us in a mindset that's different 
than we would be if we went to see some any other movie that wasn't a part of a greater series. Um, Did well, Luke Skywalker steal from the Mandalorian? When Luke Skywalker shows up, Luke effing Skywalker shows spoilers if you didn't know, but we recorded we, we covered this on, on yeah. this podcast. When Luke Skywalker shows up, you are like, holy goddamn, that is awesome. That's yeah. crazy. This is awesome. This is awesome. But when Mandalorian has to say goodbye to uh, Grogu guy, right? Yeah. Yep. You're not thinking about Luke Skywalker anymore. Nope. Spider-Man could be there to capture Morbius. And you're not thinking of, gee, I wonder what Spider-Man that is. Yeah, there'll be this speculation, but that'll just get more people to see this goddamn movie. You, yeah. you have to dangle the carrot. You have you have the toys. Dangle the carrot. And what you're what Sony is gambling on, and so far they've been coming up aces because they're 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 making money on these movies, is the Marvel name and just the threat of Spider-Man is enough to get you to see it. Well, I, that listen, sucks. I, I don't I'm not sure. I don't know anyone who went to go see Morbius who thought there would be a Spider-Man cameo in the movie. If, if that had happened, I mean, I literally would have fallen out of my seat um, and it would have been one of the best cameos ever. Right. Because it would be completely unexpected. Um, but no one I know thought that there was good. I thought there would be a lot of Spider-Man references um, and there evidently were more that they edited out for some reason. I don't know. But um, yeah, I didn't think there was going to be a Spider-Man cameo. You're right. Could it have, could it have played well? Obviously. Obviously. I, I, I would love for them to tie that together. But that didn't happen. So, you know, we have to judge the movie based on the one they gave us. Um, well, and, and Venom, and just for the record, just not to cut you off there, but Venom is different. Because Venom's story is based on him hating Peter Parker. Right. Like, you know, you're insulting the fan if at the end of the post credit scene of the Carnage movie where he sees a picture of Spider-Man and he licks his lips and he goes, that looks tasty. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The whole idea of Venom, like the story of Venom is so amazing. Like he, you know, in the comics, take the comics out of it. That's why I think the animated series is uh, is better. Um, basically, in the animated series, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son, John, is an astronaut. Right. And he goes out into space and there's this goo that they find and it gets on Spidey's costume and they don't know anything about it. He throws the costume away. And the next thing you know is the cot, the symbiote takes over and now he's got this black suit. And he thinks it's awesome. And he's like, wow, I can jump higher. I can web faster. I'm stronger. I can do all this. And he almost kills a guy. And he goes, wait a minute. This, I got to get this off. And he finds out that he's sonically impacted, you know, that sounds can get him. So they go to this well and the costume falls off of Peter and it lands on Eddie Brock. And that story is, I don't care if it's comic book, cartoon, movie, anything. Good story is good story. Agreed. It's just, that's what you can do. And you can play with that. It, and and there, so Venom is different than Morbius. Morbius, he just needs to, to have a cameo. He just needs to be there. But Venom is more complicated than that. Because Venom, you, you change the whole backstory with the whole thing. Nothing with the Morbius story is tied to Spider-Man. It's just, he's a Spider-Man villain. 
So right. when Marvel was bankrupt, they gave Sony the rights to Spider-Man and all his villains. They gave him this guy, too. You know, they gave him the Shocker and the Rhino and, you know, all, all these goofy villains. And the Morbius story is a story. And what I'm saying is the Morbius story is interesting enough if I'm not thinking about who's not there. Yeah, I, I, I went through the movie and I didn't miss Spider-Man. I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I wish there was more references, you know, the, 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 you know, some of the stuff that we read before and leading up to the movie was that there was going to be more references. Turns out they edited some of those out, but I, I didn't miss Spidey. I didn't, I really didn't uh, in this movie. I thought it would have overshadowed the movie if, if Spidey was there. That's my, my personal take. Um, and I did, I really did like the relationships uh, between uh, um, Morbius and Milo and Morbius and uh, and was it Dr. Bancroft? Uh, you know, I, I liked I liked some of these relationship things that were going on uh, in the movie. Um, and, and I again, like my score of the movie, like my review, I, I saw that fans on Rotten Tomato gave it a 70. I'd go with 65, you know, a 60. Like, mm -hmm. I thought it was worth the price of admission. Would I go back to the movies and watch it for a second time? No. Um, so, but I think, listen, going in, the, the key to this whole experience, if you have not seen the movie yet, is go in with the lowest of expectations you could possibly go into. And then you won't be disappointed. And that's what I did. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean that, that, that's the bottom line is, you know, for a week leading up to the movie, all I had heard was people that got advanced screenings, but this is the worst movie they've ever seen. Right. And it wasn't that. So, okay. No, it's not I, the worst movie I've ever seen. Right. It's not, it wasn't, it, it was right. not Ishtar. Okay. It was, it was. Ishtar. It was, that's where you went, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, we, we used to rent it in college just to see if we could get through it. And I don't think we ever did. Wow. Um, yeah. But uh, it wasn't horrible. It was just not great. <laughs> um, and, and just for the reference, uh, so, so we're, we're complete and thorough here. Yeah. Uh, Loxius Crown, otherwise known as Hunger, is a, was created in 1997 uh, by Howard Mackey from Marvel Comics. Uh, he has powers similar to Michael Morbius. Um, Matt Smith, the actor who was yeah. in Doctor Who, uh, portrays a character inspired by hunger named Milo Morbius in the Sony film Morbius. Got it. Uh, that's, I think a, that's, that's a loose, that is a loose uh, homage, you know, like comic book where they got this guy from. Basically, they were like, we have this guy, we have to make him a person, uh, you know, we have to make him the protagonist in this movie, so we have to create a villain, and rather than the treasure trove of Marvel, you decided to just make a guy up. Right. Well, I mean, listen, Sony only has a few options from what they can choose from. Right. Um, it, I, I mean, I just wish they could all just be one big happy family. We could just all do this in one universe. And, you know, the X-Men could, you know, he could go to the school for the gifted and the X-Men would be there. And Charles Xavier, we, we could do all of the stuff that we would love to see happen. Um, but no, here we are with uh, two parallel but separate but kind of connected worlds. Well, you you would like uh, before before 
uh, Chadwick Boseman died. Um, I had a theory about Black Panther 2. My theory was that in Wakanda, uh, there was a problem in Africa. And it doesn't have to be the main story, but there was a problem in Africa. And T'Challa meets Aurora Monroe, who is Storm. And that's the introduction. And that was where, um, and like you could have a whole love triangle with the love interest that he had from the first film. And you bring her in and it doesn't have to be the actress. If you want to recast, because this is, you know, the MCU and that, that's fine. It's not about the Fox movies. It's more about if you're going to introduce the X-Men to me, that was your entry. Like your entry well, is because in the comics, T'Challa goes out with Storm for a long time, like their right. boyfriend and girlfriend. And like you could do that, you know, you could bring that and that's the entry. And then, you know, she says, you know, there's this place in New York and you know, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, he's at the X mansion and there you go. There's well, there's, I, you know, I blue and yellow about, spandex Wolverine and where, away we go. We're going to get we're going to get some of that stuff uh, in Multiverse of Madness, which I just maybe. Got, right. What I you're saying is, that, but but that's but if but if you're if you're meeting Xavier, you want to meet. Patrick Stewart or uh, uh, Will McAvoy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to go, if you're going there, you go there um, because it's a multiverse. Like you want to see multiverses are the old movies that I saw and DC is doing the same thing. I mean, it's, it's uh, the flash is going to create this multiverse. And the next thing you know, he's going to go into the Gotham city from the 1989 Batman, you know, where Jack Nicholson was the joke. Right. You know, and, and fine. Cool. You know, like what I like about that, you know, the CW did a thing uh, a couple of years ago. We just talked about it last week on the podcast where they had a it's called the Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's based on a book. And it was this massive crossover where uh, this villain, the Anti-Monitor, was going to collapse the multiverse. That was the that was the plot of, of the story. But what the CW did was they had Burt Ward in one of the worlds. They had Robert Wall in another one of the worlds. They had Tom Welling in another one of the worlds. Like they kept bringing in uh, Earths, you know, other multiverse, you know, like they they took the multiverse theory and said, okay, if we're going to do a multiverse, let's have it be fun. One of the guys we're trying to get on the podcast is this guy named Mark Guggenheim, and he created that 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 world. And at one point, Grant Gustin, the Flash, meets Ezra Miller. And you're like, there you go. Like, that's great. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen on social media and I actually believe is in that Flash movie, if he's going to all these different worlds, meet Grant Gustin. See Grant Gustin again. I don't think Grant Gustin needs to be the main protagonist in the movie. Like, he doesn't need as much screen time as Tobey Maguire got in No Way Home. But go there. Like, go tell me my worlds. Because what it does, I think, for fans, it's it says... That thing that I loved mattered. Yeah, th- listen, there's, um, I mean, to me, the the No Way Home, there's all three of them fighting, uh, was just, just uh, for lack of a better word, orgasmic. Um, but, and, and I can't wait to see what they do with Multiverse of Madness. But as it, re- as it relates to, to Morbius and what's in the future, um, I do have some hope that we'd get an Andrew Garfield movie that this universe that they've created on this side of things all comes together and 
uh, it all makes it all makes sense. And um, Sony is able to kind of create their own uh, side of this thing that gets us all hyped up on the Marvel side of things. Right on, right on. Look, I, I you know, I think we've established our points. I think that um, Morbius was as good as it could be. How about that? Um, yeah. It, it, it's as good as it could be, but it was very limiting in what it could bring to the table because to me of all the things that, I, that we said in this podcast, you know, that, that all the things that exist, um, unlike other movies, not everything needs to be, you know, the Justice League, but not everything, not everything needs to be the Avengers. You could have, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but the reality of it is, how, okay, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yes, you're not wondering where Thor is. No, right? You're satisfied with what you have there. Correct. Right. In in WandaVision, you're not wondering where all the Avengers are. Nope. Okay. In Morbius, all I wanted to know was where Spider-Man. That's all yeah, I, 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 I did. I didn't have the I same thing. I know you like, didn't. I, I know. And and you know, it's it's but this, make you a bad person. this makes these conversations great, right? Because I I have these strong feelings about this movie, and you have strong feelings about this movie, and they're completely different, right? right. But that's that's what movies are meant to do is to provoke us. And everyone is provoked in a different way to feel a certain way about a movie, right? We can both go watch a movie and someone can get, take this away and I can take this away and it's completely different, right? That's the, that's the great thing about movies and art and all of it is that we can, we can all have different outcomes or different opinions based on, on what we see. Um, and that's what makes us the great. You know, no, it's it's fun. It's fun. How can people find you on uh, social media? What's your what's your social media drug of choice? Uh, I'm on. The, I usually well, just ask people about uh, uh, Twitter, but like, lately people have been saying they, they don't like Twitter and they only like Instagram. You're a big Twitter guy. I'm a Twitter guy. Uh, Instagram for me is, uh, you know, like I'll post a picture of my dog. I mean, feel free to follow me. It's all the same handles. <laughs> uh, I'm at Miami Radio Beast on all of the socials. Miami Radio Beast is the handle. Twitter is where I'm mostly at, having uh, ongoing discussions on a variety of topics. Uh, Twitter was really cool when you left the radio station. I thought yeah. people went out of their way to support. Yeah, no, the, the public support has been great, and the radio business is uh, eating itself alive. And so all of us- Kind of like Morbius. Yeah, yeah. And so all of us that have survived and doing other things, it's great. Um, there's a lot of content to be made outside of the AM or FM dial, and we're all here for it. So, yeah, no, I appreciate everyone's support. And, Seth, just thank you for having me on and talking about uh, this other passion of mine that, uh, you know, I didn't get to get to when I was on from, uh, you know, 6 to 10 a.m. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world. It's a, it's a different beast, and uh, that's why this podcast is, is so much fun. Uh, that's the beast. Uh, Brian London, uh, if there's anything that you had an issue with in this podcast, do me a favor. Reach out to Brian directly and leave me the hell out of it. <laughs> we will see you next week. Each and every Thursday, we come out with a new episode of the Hall of Justice podcast. We'll see you then. <laughs>